Wednesday at 8 p.m. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to Music Biz 101 and more. Hey, this is Music Biz 101 and more, your free advice music business radio show and podcast. Find us every Wednesday at Brave New Radio 88.7 FM on the campus of William Patterson University in scenic Way, New Jersey or on iTunes, SoundCloud and Stitcher Radio as a podcast. I'm your co-host, Professor David Kirkville, with your other co-host, Dr. Esteban Marconi, who is not here. He is on assignment. He's actually on a plane, a flying airship getting back to New Jersey. But I'm alive and I'm pre-recording this with a new co-host. His name is Jeff Cuellar from, uh, what do we call it? From um, is it AC Entertainment? AC Entertainment, correct. AC Entertainment from Atlantic City. No, that's no. not. What does the AC stand for? Ashley Caps. Ashley Caps. Yes. Is there, was that named after a girl named Ashley Caps? Uh, that is, uh, that is our, our founder, and he is CEO, president of the company. Look at that. This is called not knowing anything. So <laughs> Ashley Caps, because uh, we have a student named Ashley who's one of her best friends, but that Ashley's yeah. a girl. Is Ashley Caps? Where's Ashley Caps from? Uh, he's from Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay, and that's where our company is based. Is okay, in Knoxville, Tennessee. And you're from Tennessee anyway, right? I'm from DC, and I currently live in Chicago. Right. <laughs> what do you think of this? Well, Tennessee, <laughs> DC. There's a rhyme thing, and I'm a rapper. So uh, you heard the, also the voice of Marla Cassenti, who is a music business. Management major, music management major at William Patterson University. It's good to have you here, Marla. It's nice to be here. No, it isn't. Okay. So uh, we want to give thanks real quick to a few organizations. First, uh, the Music Biz Association gave us a lot of space and gave us a lot of support for being here <laughs> at the Music Biz Association 2016 convention. We want to thank Mia, the Music and Entertainment Industry Education Association, gave us a grant which helped Marla get here, which is very nice of them. We want to thank the folks at Van Dyne, Bruno, Inc. and White Hat Management with artists like Charlie Puth, Dave Matthews, Sharon Jones, The Dap Kings, and Kiss. There's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to vb-cpa.com. So, Jeff, if you were in a band and you needed a business manager to count all the dollars that were coming in, you would go to Van Dyne, Bruno, Inc., and White Hat Management, and they would make it happen for you. That's good to know. Yes, you'd be a millionaire <laughs> in an instant. That's, that's, that's really good to know. Yes, this is all good stuff for you. So we're all learning from this. I know that Ashley is a man, and you know that White Hat <laughs> Management exists. Oh, boy. Very good. This is great. This, really <laughs> this, is, this is the best interview ever. We also want to give thanks, Jeff, to Christine Vey, you may call her Christine Oive. She's a wealth manager and the president of Vey Wealth Management. Christine has helped many of our professionals at William Patterson manage their investments and plan out their retirement. Why doesn't she help you? That's a generic you. It could okay. be you, could though, be Jeff, because yeah. one day you will retire. I, I, it'll happen, hopefully. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that day. <laughs> and if you're looking for some guidance on how to plan for your retirement or the Jeff Quayar Retirement Fund, or if you have questions on anything from investments and portfolio management to insurance retirement planning, you need to give Christine a call at, Jeff, please repeat after me, 732-455-1510. Now, Jeff, if you wanted, you could send her an email. Okay. Christine. At veywealth.com. Christine at veywealth.com. There's no oive o- 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 in that. <laughs> There's no oive in that. And interestingly, she sent me an email yesterday, and she said that her website has been is up now. Okay, that's good. And Jeff, that address <laughs> is veywealth.com or veywealthmanagement.com. You have two options. Oh, no, I shouldn't. I shouldn't miss it. Shouldn't no, no. Here. This is a great opportunity yeah. for Jeff Quayar to get that right. So knowing all of that and giving thanks to all of those wonderful people, let us give thanks to Marla Cassenti for making this interview happen. And you will now give your brief bio and ask questions and I will stop talking about uninformed things. Okay. Go. Okay. 
so Jeff is VP of Strategic Brand Partnerships at AC Entertainment, and he has played a large part in the Bonnaroo Music Festival. So my question is, since you're in Chicago and the festivals are like down here, what do you do during Bonnaroo? Do you have to be there, or are you like... I, I, I officially moved down, um, typically Memorial Day weekend, and okay. I'm on site for about two to three weeks. So what do you do during then? Everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a, lot of, uh, a lot of what my focus is is, is setting up. I, I work a lot with the local, um, local community, so that comes from the residents to the businesses <laughs> to uh, the elected officials uh, within the city of Manchester, our county, Coffee County, um, and, and even the state um, and any national government. So making sure that everything's in place that needs to be in place, having the conversations that need to be had so we're prepped and ready to go uh, to make Manchester the seventh largest city in Tennessee for one weekend out of the year. Oh, wow. Okay, so you say you move down Memorial Day weekend, and then do you, you stay the whole time, and then you go back once everything's over? That is correct. Okay, cool. And I also saw you guys just had a recent deal with Reverb Nation. So like, what was the process to make that happen? Uh, Reverb Nation, it was... Uh, Essentially, the deal that we placed there um, to help aspiring artists get a spot on Bonnaroo. So, I mean, their platform is helping uh, young budding artists to get play and, and notoriety, um, and much like other you know music publishing companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and they we worked out a deal with them to where we did kind of a I guess you could say a digital battle of the bands kind of competition. <laughs> yeah. uh, some were selected, and two or three lucky winners uh, will be playing this year's festival. Awesome. So I know this is a multi-year deal. So will this just always be for Bonnaroo, or could you do this for other shows or festivals? I mean, the blueprint's there to do it for other places. I mean, the, okay. the deal right here is just for Bonnaroo, but uh, it, it is something that can be rolled out for for any one of our festivals, from Forecastle to Big Ears to, yeah. I mean, you name it, any, any project that we have. Okay, cool. And I know there is a lot of competition from other festivals for sponsors, consumers, and artists. So, like, how does this affect you? Reverb Nation or just, uh, just, just the in competition yeah, in general? Just the competition in general, especially um, during the summertime. It's what keeps me up at night. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's my inspiration and drive. I mean, uh, essentially what we're always looking to do is, is up the ante. Um, I think our fans have, have now come to the point where they trust us that you know we're going to book um, the most ridiculous lineup that we can. Um, <laughs> and artists trust us in the sense that we're going to put on the best show and provide them the best experience. Um, and then... You know, for us, it's it's how do we, what are the other pieces that come together to make that 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 festival unique, uh, to to get, to give it a soul, uh, as mm-hmm. I like to say. Um, so you know that that comes down from the curation of the food to the types of you know the drinks that you're drinking or having you know the ability to imbibe, um, to the flow, how how people interact with stages, the communication. All of those little things are the things you're probably not thinking of when you actually buy the ticket because you're like, I want to see um, Pearl Jam, you know, rock the main stage. Uh, but ultimately, it is what rounds out. Uh, it, it's kind of what gives you some of the warm, you know, warm and fuzzies, and it makes life easier for you um, as you're uh, participating in one of our events. And and that's where I think the with the competition that's happening right now, uh, that where we do it the best. Uh, you know, we I think we have a true understanding of the fans. We're all fans ourselves. So mm-hmm. when we're not, you know, working festivals or attending in other festivals, we're trying to grab inspiration from other things, say sporting events to marathons, Disney World. I mean, you <laughs> name it. Anybody that, that's trying to cater to 
um, to a patron and you know ultimately charging a ticket we're trying to think about how are they doing those things why are they doing those things what matters in terms of that full fan experience and uh, always you know incorporating technology where technology makes sense not incorporating technology where it doesn't make sense um, to to really round out you know what that festival experience is so when they walk away they're you know happy and want to come back Cool. So you mentioned the whole water thing. So I know there's those reusable or refillable water stations. Mm -hmm. So can you explain those? Yeah, specifically for Bonnaroo, and we do it at, really at all of our events. Um, you know, water's it's a safety issue. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Bonnaroo, it's, it's hot outside. It's Tennessee. It's June. Um, it, it's very warm. Uh, <laughs> and the sun is shining. So for us... You know, we could easily, we have bottled water out there to be charged or, you know, for people to be able to purchase. Uh, but making sure that, that we're thinking of the health and safety of our patrons and they're staying hydrated uh, so they can enjoy the full, you know, the full, uh, the full festival. So the last thing we want is, you know, to be medical issues because of dehydration yeah. or things along those lines. So we encourage hydration. We have what we call these hydration stations placed all throughout the site. Uh, we actually bring up water from the well underneath uh, the grounds. Uh, have a, this amazing scientific process that helps to uh, make it safe to drink. Yeah. And it's actually cold. So it, it's yeah. kind of like you're ingesting uh, you know part of you know part of the land and you know, I think kind of rounding out more of that experience but every one of our events forecasts the same way you know we're tapping into city water at that point in time um, but it, it is always our goal to to make sure that you know we're we're providing for the health and safety of our patrons that's that's almost priority number one yeah. Well, can I ask about the well? I'm, I'm just yeah. curious. Did, did, was the well? Did you know that there was the water there, or there was already an existing well? Yes. And you guys, okay. I, so. I can't remember the exact number right now, uh, but I want to say we have about a little over 20 wells probably drilled all throughout our site. Uh, some of them are larger wells that have this this giant blue mushroom looking thing that's got water taps all around it uh -huh. that was custom designed for us. Okay. Uh, and then we've got other ones that you know more or less kind of spigots that you see that you know can wash things off it's potable water it goes to our portable showers that we have out there as well but this year for the first time at Bonnaroo we actually have a water line uh, massive part of our massive uh, capital improvements uh, we are now tied into Manchester City Water and have um, a large pipe that cuts through our property and then we kind of call um I guess you could say extensions off of those pipes to be able to surface things. So we actually, uh, with an interview with the Tennessean uh, here in Nashville, they came out and toured the property and got to see uh, permanent bathroom facilities. So there will be flushable toilets for, uh, mm -hmm. for all those uh, Bonnaroo fans this year. Uh, showers, like real shower stalls. That's you know not necessarily portalettes and those types of things. That's and, exciting. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and fire hydrants. Uh, and, and I can honestly say, when I started in this business, I never thought I would get excited about a fire hydrant. And seeing the, the pictures of the fire hydrants, um, mm -hmm. You know, that made my day. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have um, any idea, like, the timeline from when you guys, like, start planning social media stuff? Like, with the Snapchat filter and, like, hashtags? Uh, it doesn't stop. Okay. Uh, I mean, specifically for Bonnaroo, I'd say more than any one of our other, uh, any of our other festivals, uh, it, you know, we're, we're looking at 2017, 2018 right now. So depending yeah. upon what department you're in, whether, I, I mean, the booking team has been looking at, you know, three, four, five years down the line uh, in terms of artists. Uh, marketing, we're, we're planning the same, you know, the, the same kind of timeline is, is really, if we're not focusing on the future, then we feel like we're going to kind of miss it. And uh, our, our goal within that department has always been to stay on top of emerging trends and 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 really and really see see where how people are communicating and and 
to be a part of that conversation. So if you're if you're part of our channels, you're you're seeing stuff all year round. I mean, we're music fans, and so it's, it makes it fun for us uh, to be able to communicate it. And we feel like that with the brand that we've created there, there's that trust and the curation that people are, are almost expecting from us. Um, so, it, it, yeah, it doesn't stop. There's always campaigns going on. There's always conversation happening, and we're trying to plant seeds for you know the future going down the line. And, and there's a lot of other things that we do, from uh, philanthropy with the Bonnaroo Works Fund uh, to just other ways to integrate with the brand or uh, interact with the brand, uh, planting a tree on site and having your own tree, uh, things all over the place. So there, there's always something for us to be talking about, and there's always music going on, so something to be listening to. Do you own the land? I'm sorry. Do you yes, we do. do uh, it's called Great Stage Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, we purchased it back in 2007, um, and the name comes from uh, a road that, that borders uh, the park itself. Uh, it was the first road to connect Tennessee and Alabama. It was called Great Stage Road. No longer called Great Stage Road anymore, but uh, mm-hmm. that is that's what comes. Yeah. Now it's but, Capital Improvement. So, so um, from once you bought the land, yes. um, how much infrastructure was there, and how much did you guys have to create, and how much does that change from year to year? Um, it, 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 it's farmland. I mean, it's, it's still farmland. We actually have, uh, for a majority of it, it's, it's, it's agricultural zone. So we, we hay the fields uh, and utilize the hay for, for various things or sell it off or give it to, to farmers for livestock. and Because your LinkedIn lines. profile doesn't say that you're going out. Because you're Amish. We yeah, should say it, this is Amish. <laughs> and he's, this should not be recorded, actually, because of your heritage. Exactly. But, so, but you're out in the field. Yeah, we hay in it, and then personally. yeah, we, we treat it. We it, 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 it's a farm. We, we lovingly call it, you know, on the farm. You know, mm-hmm. see you back on the farm. Um, but no, we we've been putting in infrastructure slowly throughout the years. Uh, whether it be gravel roads uh, around that 2000, 2008, 2007 time frame, we actually uh, created a stage. So our main stage, the wet stage, um, is 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 an actual full structure. We've got some barns, the hydration station, some of the wells that we've drilled, um, a solar array. So we're one of the only festivals that that has its own actual solar array um, to to try and help you off the grid. Uh, we've purchased land going kind of surrounding us uh, to be able to enhance some of the features uh, that we have there. Uh, and just this past year, uh, Live Nation uh, purchased uh, 51% of, of Bonnaroo and, and the land itself with the idea of putting more infrastructure into the property and to be able to do more things. So our, our vision has always been when we bought the land in 07 was to to really make Coffee County, Manchester uh, a mecca for events and live major, you know, outdoor events. Not Maybe not just musical events, but mm-hmm. events, period. And we wanted to kind of flip the paradigm of how most people utilize, um, you know, fairgrounds and other things along those lines, but really giving them a palette um, where they can customize the experience to their fans and and we, we may be a part of that. It may just be, you know, a pure rental. Um, so our goal has, has been since that time is to increase the infrastructure. Um, but, you know, balance that because we understand once a building is there, you know, it's not a Lego piece. You can't just pick it up and move it. Um, so we have to be very strategic in terms of what we do, understanding that Bonnaroo is, you know, it's it's the baby, it's the core. Um, and everything else on top of that is um, is just is, is something extra to help fulfill our dreams of, of really making this a, a true live event space. I feel like Live Nation is slowly taking over the world with everything that they're doing. They, 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 are, they are aggressive businesses, but I think they're doing it the right way in, in terms of making sure that they're going after brands that understand what they're doing, and I think their portfolio is, is, you know, is fantastic, and it's going to allow us as, uh, as promoters and producers of events to realize economies of scale, and, and I think to, to really, again, go after that fan experience. 
Um, I also wanted to know, um, how do you know when a company will be a good partner for Bonnaroo? Um, honestly, you can find out pretty quickly. Uh, okay. <laughs> and, and I think you used the right word there, partner, instead of, uh, I hate the word sponsorship and I hate that type of aspect of it because if it's not a true partnership, if both parties are not benefiting in some form or fashion, someone's going to walk away. Someone's going to be unhappy. And if you can hear that from your initial conversation, that they're not pushing an agenda upon you or you're not pushing an agenda upon them, um, then I think there's you know, it, it, it leaves that pathway open for a true partnership to say, hey, what can we do that would be great? How can we do something that is remarkable and, and fun and spectacular for that people will enjoy and be talking about versus we've built this, we want to put it here, what's that going to cost us? Uh, and that's what we want to kind of stay away from. It's, it's really want to say, what are the, you know, we know the pain points. We know the best ways for you to be able to interact with our, our patrons and our fans. We know how, what they're going to walk away with in terms of the best emotional reaction uh, to something. So if you want to create that one-on-one connection, um, let us help steer you in that right direction uh, versus coming up with something in a boardroom and uh, attempting to just put it on our side. So you'll get the people in the boardroom or the people above will, I assume, give you guys sort of like a dollar quota. You know, for this year's Bonnaroo, we need to reach X number of dollars in partnership funding. Um, Do you guys, is there a lot of incoming partners, potential partners who are interested, but then you also have a staff and you guys are doing outbound um, pitching basically to get people on board, companies on board. There, it, it, it's kind of twofold. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one yes. I mean, we, we've all got you know goals and stuff that we're trying to trying to reach, and uh, you know, it is a for profit business. So, mm-hmm. any ways that we can generate revenue is is you know it's going to help us succeed in, in, in those types of goals. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be dollars. You know, it can be. Um, it could be potentially doing something, finding someone who's got technology that can help make you know time or or life easier, or um, something that maybe will help re- reduce the cost of say a budgeted item. Uh, right. another, in kind is another way we, we, we look at things, and then the pure marketing value of stuff. Uh, so we've got a lot of media partnerships out there that you know we're helping you know provide them content, and in turn they're you know they're reaching out to their fans and their channels because it's it's an international brand for us for Bonnaroo. Many of our festivals they're international brands, so making sure that we have those strong media partnerships are out there and dollars may not exchange um, but you know providing them something that they know that it's going to be great for their fans and then we're able to reach out you know and, and have and build those kind of connections it it it's kind of all it's it's just a fun more or less puzzle piece or a puzzle game that we're they're working on and uh, trying to make sure that that you know our bases are covered our messages gets out there and we connect to our fans in the most meaningful and authentic way so have you ever um, had a partnership and, like, you got into it, thought it was going to be great, and then it turned out, like, maybe right before Bonnaroo or whatever festival it was that it wasn't going to be great? There's sometimes, you know, I mean, that, that you walk in and, and you have a good inkling uh, <laughs> okay. that it's not going to go the right way, and, and you do everything you can to, to, to steer it in that direction, and it may not be because of necessarily the people you're working with. Sometimes with, with our partnerships, you may be going through an agency. So sometimes you're not even dealing directly with the brand. You're dealing with their agency that has been hired to, you know, to do this for them. Um, and, you know, you play the telephone game and sometimes messaging gets down and sometimes messaging doesn't. Sometimes messaging doesn't go up the way it should go up and, and that transfer of information. So it, it you have ideas. And, again, I think it kind of comes back to 
that whole are they in it for the partnership or are they pushing kind of an agenda and, and you get an understanding of that and we've walked away from deals that just aren't right okay. um, that, that don't that aren't a partnership um, we've taken some deals that you know we know that probably aren't the best but it, they they work for whatever reason and they satisfy a goal that we're trying to trying to attain but um, you know we for Bonnaroo and, and even for our other festivals for Castle Big Ears uh, Sloss um, it's the the Bonnarooian code stay true to Rue uh, it's you know that, that kind of resonates across the board. We're staying true to who we are, and if that means that we need to uh, look in a different direction, then that's okay because uh, our, our fans expect that of us. I think it's the trust they have in, 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 in AC Entertainment and in everything that we produce. So, do you think that you have a lot of people always coming back to Bonnaroo because you say you guys have like this great trust? So, do you think a majority of the people who came last year will be again coming this year and then going again next year? Uh, that's always the goal, um, but we do recognize that you know a, a large chunk of our audience is, I mean, they're college kids, uh, and you talk about you know things changing in, in that atmosphere, you know, quickly. I mean, your span could be eight years in college, but it could also be three, or, <laughs> three or less, uh, and and that is when you know you have the ability to kind of say, hey, I'm going to go camp, you know, in in Manchester, Tennessee, for for four or five days, uh, and then disposable income in those kind of ways before things like marriage and. and kids get in the way and <laughs> complicate things um, but what we've been you know specifically for Bonnaroo and even our other events we've been able to watch throughout the, the the creation is our core was that in the beginning like it was primarily college students I mean mm-hmm. 18 to 24 being you know a major sweet spot sometimes we can get a little older than that but if you think about where you were 15 years ago and we're celebrating our 15th year for Bonnaroo I mean, just think about all of the things that has happened in your life, from your socioeconomic status to just life changes. And we've kind of grown with that and, and have tried to cater, understanding that we've got fans that have been with us for 15 years that, you know, may have come for three, took four or five off to, you know, start a family, and now they have the ability to come back and participate in things like family camping. Maybe they're bringing an RV now because they've got, you know, uh, they've got more disposable income to be able to do things. And so we're, we're constantly thinking about that type of stuff. Um, but it, it makes it challenging, too, because what someone who's 45 cares about is completely different than what someone who's, you know, 22 cares about uh, and how you communicate to those different parties. So it's it's been... Um, challenging yet fun to try and really dissect our audiences and making sure that we're staying true to to those brands um but yeah you see it i mean i look at myself when i first started it was you know i was a a year out of college when i when i jumped into the business and you know married kid um you know my expectations when i go to events are, are are different uh than they were back then uh and it's you know understanding that i think is 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 important but would you say the vast majority though are still the college? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it is. I mean, let's. I mean, let, I mean, for any music festival, let's be honest, they've got more disposable income, unless the genre or the uh, the the soul of that event is going after something you know a little older. Big Ears, I think, is a, is a great example. One of our festivals we actually produced in Knoxville, Tennessee. It was just this past March. Um, it, it's it skews older. Uh, you know, I mean, you've got artists like, uh, oh gosh, no. My mind's going blank. Um, Steve Reich, I know, participated in, in years past. Johnny Greenwood from from Radiohead. It's mm-hmm. it's a different it's a different style of event. But you know, when you're asking someone to camp in, in a field, you know your your audience kind of shrinks. And I, I don't know if this <laughs> still holds true, um, but I heard this stat years ago, and I still use it. But it's sixty percent of the United States audience will go to one major show a year. 
and that's probably going to be like your arena shows, maybe your Rolling Stones or something like that, Timberlake, you know, who knows. Um, and then 60% of that audience are your multiple uh, showgoers. So those are the ones that are going to your club shows, and, 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 you know, they're doing, you know, more and more more and more shows and live experiences. And then it's like 60% of that is your festival audience. And the United States is still is still pretty young in, in the festival business. Uh, I mean, Europe has been doing this and doing it well for a long time. And granted, they've got an infrastructure with trains and mass transit that I think you know completely changed the dynamic. Um, but what you're seeing right now is there is a there's a slew of festivals. I mean, we're we're definitely at a time where doesn't matter what state you're in there's going to be an event going on doesn't matter what city you're going in there's probably an event going on with something that you want to be a part of and see um and a lot of people are are scared of that um i actually think it's a great thing because (laughs) if we can expose uh the youth and, and the millennials and stuff that are coming up even younger than that that a festival is a phenomenal place to to have you know unbridled experience and and be able to see artists and be with your friends and and create that kind of community then hopefully that will continue and they will now you know help build that pool of audience and so you know you may start at your local your local event uh you know it's a one-day thing and then you start to graduate up and say okay now you know now now i'm taking on the mecca we're going to bond this year and and we're going to do that but you know you maybe take a year off from Bonnaroo and you're going to go do something else um, and then hopefully come back. And I think, you know, specifically with Bonnaroo, I think we've created something there in terms of the community that the farm is calling. People (laughs) want to come back. And we see it a lot on our anniversary years, like this year being in 15th year of like, you know, I've been, I've been away too long. I I need to make it work in some form or fashion. Um, But yeah. Does marketing, sorry, does, okay. does, you just said the farm is calling. Does marketing use that as a tagline with anybody? I believe it's actually on one of our billboards here in Nashville. Right oh, really? Okay. Yeah, the that's actually pretty, yeah. pretty funny. It's not my question, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. Marla Consenti, everybody. Hey! <laughs> Keep it up, Marla. Go on. All right. So my other question is, do you have any tips for somebody who's going to go to Bonnaroo this year? It's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> uh, it's very easy to arrive the first day and, 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 and you know, let the hair down. We, we, you know, kind of weekend wars. It's, it's funny. You'll see, again, people from maybe just graduating high school to, I, mean, we, we, I think there's going to be a feature this year on the Bonnaroo Grannies, uh, which is like a group of like five or six grannies that have been coming for almost every year. Uh, and they're, so they're hilarious. So it's like everything in between, but it's, it's recognizing that you're part of something bigger. And it's a, it's a community, and though you may have your friends that you're camping with and your group that you're bringing down, but realize right next to you, you could have a group from Spain. Uh, next to that, you've got a group from from New Jersey and another group from you know Connecticut and California and all over. And the ability that that you're all there for really one purpose is to enjoy yourselves, is to maybe disconnect in a in a, in a certain way from your from normal life and just live in the moment. And um, know be safe hydrate and, and just really take that in and understand that you are a part of something bigger that that is truly truly special um and you're you're a part of that and, you know once a bonnaroovian always a bonnaroovian um so you know that we have a great code that actually we didn't even come up with i think we may have you know finally coined it um but our we learned it from our audience you know and stay true to root radiate positivity uh don't be that guy or girl uh, <laughs> prepare thyself you know making sure yeah make sure you've got your list together and you know the little tips and tips and tricks you know you see people like that that freeze certain things and then by the time you know it's it's frozen so it helps keep your cooler longer but then now you've got something edible to eat uh later on like freezing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches i've seen and, and things along those lines uh there's go places all over the internet that they give you you know fun fun little tips like that but um i I think if you kind of follow the code um 
you're going to be in a good spot and know that everyone there is, is willing to help. And, uh, every, you know, we all, the fans, they want everyone to experience this and have a good time. So it works. It's, it's, a, it's definitely a unique community. And I'd just like to backtrack a little bit because as somebody through who is halfway through her degree, how did your degree help you do all of this? Uh, it's funny. I was speaking at Who Knew last night at an event, and that that actually part of what I was talking about is me and, and my and my path to get into the business. I never in a million years thought I was going to be in the music industry. I I was going down the path of being a marine biologist. Uh, I wanted to be Jack Cousteau and, and save the oceans, uh, okay. and, and realized that. It, maybe that wasn't the best path for me. Maybe I should just scuba dive and have fun doing that and, and do something else. And I, and I stumbled into public relations. Um, and through that, um, just my passion for music. I mean, I was, I was that kid. I was the four-year-old that, you know, was listening to records and pulling things out. My, you know, I, I think I was probably one of the few kids in college that, that had an actual insurance policy on my entire music collection uh, outside of the renter's policy that I had. Um, and it, it was something that's always meant something to me and has been kind of, you know, the, the, the soundtrack of my life. And it, it, music to me has to be a part of just about everything I do. Whether I'm just washing the dishes, going for a run, it, it, it needs to be there. Like I just like mm-hmm. desire to have it there. But I didn't think I could be in it. Um, I don't know why. I, I just never thought of, like me making a career in that. Maybe because I'm not musically talented. I, I, I wasn't looking at the other parts of the business. You know, at being naive or just not not researching really. Um, but internships. Um, I, I did several internships all throughout college, probably around eight or so. And one of my last internships was with a company called 26.2 Music. And I had done, like, the street teaming things and postering and stuff like that. But it wasn't to get in the industry. Like, I think a lot of the people who were doing it around me, I just wanted free tickets. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just wanted to get in shows for free, you know, uh, and, and enjoy myself because it can get expensive going to a lot of shows. Um, so, but that was my first kind of taste. Uh, and, I, and I worked for the, you know, it was an intern for this company. And, and um, they were going to bring me on uh, immediately following college, but I, I felt like it wasn't right for some reason. Not that I did. I loved what I I mean, I definitely enjoyed it, but for some reason I thought that I think I had this grandiose idea as, as in college that I need to go out and do something big. I need to, you know, go work for a major firm. And, um, you know, I graduated right, right around 9-11. So it, that really that dream was very difficult <laughs> got to do something big because our economy came to a screeching halt uh not knowing what was going to happen um and but the company i love 26.2 like if something comes up can we call you you know can we stay in touch i was like i absolutely um and they ended up merging with ac entertainment and uh this was right right at, right at bonnaroo the first bonnaroo and uh ashley needed an assistant and uh we I came in and did an interview and i think we immediately were kind of kind of smitten with each other and decided like this is going to be great and um where he was able to focus me on was obviously being his assistant but recognizing that I had a skill with public relations and the ability to connect with, with people specifically in, uh, in, in kind of the political sphere. Um, and I started to carve out a position, essentially, that really didn't exist within the music industry, but understanding immediately that when we come in and, and produce something of anything, size or scale, even small, to be honest, you're creating an impact, um, an economic impact, um, you know, uh, I don't want to say annoyance factor, but you're disrupting. You're disrupting something, you know, because that's not typically there. Um, that's residents. That's local businesses. That's you know, there's permitting process, all that. But having someone to go and kind of navigate those waters and explain the benefits of 
our disruption and how that is a very positive thing. Uh, you know, I think this is all around the time too that you know Richard Jolly came out with the rise of the creative class and what that meant and why you wanted to have events and things in your area because it shows economic viability. It's part of education. I mean, there's there's all of these you know tangential prongs coming off of it, and you know no no. <coughs> Not to use a, a generalization that, that our, our, our political system isn't thinking about this, but they're really not. Um, and it really takes someone to go in and explain all of the ways that you benefit from this and why you want to support it in your community. Uh, additionally, you're not going to have a successful event if you don't have that support. If you're constantly grinding and, and, and just hitting these barriers and people don't want you there, you should go someplace else. And we did... We did um, some events with Mumford and Sons called the Gentleman on the Road Tour um, for for a couple of years for them. And and part of uh, what myself and another colleague of mine we did is we would go and try to find these places that are off the beaten path uh, for them to be able to you know to produce a show. And we'd come back and I could immediately tell I could call a place um, and, and say no, we're we're not going to do it there. Um, it's just not going to be. We're not going to be met with the the positivity that we need. They don't they don't get it, and we need to be looking elsewhere. Um, so. Ashley helped, you know, put me onto that and, and say, you know, hey, figure this out for us, um, and, and was able to do that, and you know, turned it into a career uh, that you know spans fifteen plus years now. Um, well, I think there. that's a part of the whole festival infrastructure that people don't think about so much oh, is, yeah. is the local community part and the political side of it, <coughs> and getting them on board, and the permitting, and all. And you have to drill a well. You, you can't just drill a well, right? You exactly. need to tell the town that you're going to make, drill all these wells. And exactly. they have to approve it. And they have the planning board. And then they all have to, all have to get on board. So you're like yeah. wooing all these people. And it's a lot of communication and conversation. Exactly. And it takes exactly. time, right? It takes a lot of time. I mean, the, the, the trust that you build there. And, 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 and that's really what it comes down to is trust. Um, and, and following through on your word. Um, and communicating effectively with it. Uh, if, if those things are not happening, they're not going to believe you. And, uh, you know, especially for a lot of our events, you know, some of them don't have major radio airplay. I mean, the first Bonnaroo, those, those artists were not being played, and they didn't understand that, yes, we sold 70,000 tickets. Like, but I don't know who these artists are. You know, they're not on the radio. They're not, you know, they're, I haven't seen a billboard. Where are you advertising? Like, how, how is this happening? And we, you know, we got lucky and found lightning in a bottle there. Um, and, you know, we, we told them, you know, immediately following that next year, like, you warned us. And you... You know, you, you did everything in your power to make sure that we understood what was about to happen. We didn't believe or agree with you on certain things, but now we know. Let's, we want this to happen. Let's work together uh, to make this thing successful. And um, you know, luckily we've got Bonnaroo as, as kind of our the test case. It is it is definitely the anomaly. It's not or the exception. It is not it is not the the rule, but it, it is definitely allowed. Um, you know, our company and, and all the various you know contractors and vendors and companies that are part of it to to realize you know what is the potential out there and take those learnings to to other places to create great events because again it goes back to safety and and making sure that you know there, there are things in place um, that uh, I don't want to template them for that matter but you know we know how we know how to regulate ourselves we know what is right and what is wrong um, and what needs to be done to ensure that we have fan safety and again that communication falls into all of that but it goes back to creating those relationships the local businesses I mean people don't think about that but I mean you've got restaurants that need to be prepared you know they have the ability to take advantage of the fact that you're bringing in Mm -hmm. X number of people and they can 
they can do great things and have you know a great four-day period where people are patronizing the restaurants you know local businesses like even like walmart or a home depot what that means for them how can they change things up what to expect in those types of areas and, and saying that you have an opportunity you're going to have visitors in town that don't live here uh working with the local uh conventions and visitors bureaus or chambers to say some of these people are business owners. Some of these people, you know, own companies or are, are high up in the, in the ladder and have decision-making ability to say, I went to this place and it was amazing. We should think about relocating. Mm-hmm. Or let's our next office that we're opening up, let's put it here. Um, and, and having that ability to do that and kind of just sharing it to let them know it's not just tax dollars. Mm-hmm. There's so much more that, that comes off of it. Our last economic impact study we did for Bonnaroo uh, is a 15 po- or $50.2 million impact on the state of Tennessee. It was over $25 million alone just in Coffee County. And if you think about it, that's four days. It's four days, and you're able to, to generate that much impact. And, you know, I still say that's even probably a conservative estimate based on uh, the study that was put together and how, how it was analyzed. Um, so... All of that goes in, but again, it's the education and, and being able to, to share that information and say, this is a good thing. You, you want to be here. Let's work together to make sure it's safe. Let's work together to make sure that it's a true partnership and you're benefiting, we're benefiting, um, and um, have, have something that, that you can say that you're proud of. That this is in my town, and when you travel and, and you're able to say, you know, I live in Manchester, Tennessee, oh, that's the home of Bonnaroo. Yeah. It is the home of Bonnaroo. There. So how many like first aid stations do you guys have set up at Bonnaroo? Oh, I don't know the exact number. Oh, so uh, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, we we have we have quite a few. Uh, and some you know, and some other bigger stations that we do. We 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 attempt to do as much as we can on site. We've got a fully trained medical staff that's on there that you know that understands the festival environment and and, and what it means to, to keep people safe. Um, but we also we have contracts with local hospitals and the ability to, okay. to take to take patients there if necessary. Uh, and if you know worst comes to worst, and you know, in a um, something that's a little more. I guess higher level, uh, we have the ability to life star people out too. So you know, we think about that all the way, you know, from the smallest thing from a splinter, you know, <laughs> up, up up to something major. And, and and you know, a lot of times you don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You don't want to talk about the things that could go wrong. Yeah. But things can go wrong anytime you put people in places. A lot of people. Too. A lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Things can go wrong. You think about just a city, the the number of things that happen in a city over yeah. four days, a city of that size. Um, a lot of things go on. And, you know, you don't know the health conditions of people. You're camping, you're in an environment. And that that goes for any festival, for that matter. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of walking involved in most festivals. And you know the shape people are in and Mm -hmm. and how that happens. So making sure that you're thinking about those things because, again, it goes back to safety and making sure that that, – your patrons are taken care of. Insurance must be crazy. <laughs> Just you get it, you get one person True. who trips, yeah, you know, one person who had a little too much to drink and they trip. And I'm blaming Bob, blaming you. You know, there is the you do have have some of that, and, mm-hmm. but I think there is you know the inherent understanding. I guess you know you try to climb a mountain, you can't blame the mountain that, that you fell down. <laughs> the mountain's just right. there. Uh, so as long as we're you know not showing negligence and doing something that we know is unsafe, um, you know, there's that. I guess you'd mm-hmm. say almost unspoken bond that can't control the fact that you don't have mm-hmm. walk. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's true. Yeah. Um, so when you guys were first looking at this location, were you, like, looking at stuff like that? Like, where is the closest hospital? Where is the closest Walmart? Uh, all of that stuff uh, go- goes into play, definitely. Uh, we actually found the Bonnaroo property um, post a-, a festival that was done there called Ichiku uh, on the same grounds. Um, and so that's how we kind of discovered it. And we were looking, you know, we kind of zoned in on the south. You know, but we're looking at other states too. Um, but mm-hmm. felt like Tennessee was the right fit 
uh, with the music heritage and where it had been. And uh, once you know, we kind of saw this this place, I think we knew that this is exactly where we needed to be. I mean, it's halfway between Chattanooga and Nashville. I want to say it's like 80% of the U.S. population get there in less than a day's drive. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's why, you know, Memphis has FedEx, UPS in Nashville. Um, you've got a major international airport in Nashville. You know, good things were happening in and around the area. Um, and just the feeder markets from Atlanta to Birmingham to Charlotte to Memphis, Knoxville, um, Louisville. I mean, you name it, like just being able to get here um, is easy. And that has, uh, that is, you know, went into play. But, yes, the amenities that are there, you know, how, how are we disrupting people? You know, is it, you know, can we be, can we utilize this and, and disrupt the, the, you know, the lowest number of, of people possible? Because we don't, we don't want to inconvenience people. But, you know, understanding that anytime you do something like that, it's going to be, it's going to be a change in different. It's the same as even Titan Stadium. You know, every, every Sunday they've got a home game. There's some inconveniences happening to, to, to people in traffic and um, kind of just understanding that and, and, and what that means to people's daily lives because they still have to go to work. Yeah. They still got to put food on their table. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how can we how can we help versus hurt, I guess you could say. So do you think the location is one of the reasons uh, people choose Bonnaroo over other music festivals? I, I think so, and I think it has this, this aura about it that you're disconnecting. Um, and no offense to any city festivals, uh, you know, the, the, the Lala's and, and things along those lines, they have their place um, in terms of the overall experience. But it's so different. I mean, when you, when you go to one of those, like a city event, I mean, I mean even one of ours, Forecastle, you're staying in a hotel. You know, you're going down and experiencing for part of the day. When you're at Bonnaroo, you're, you've just moved in. Like, you're now a resident. And we're going, I mean, when Center Roo opens up at noon on Thursday, it doesn't shut down until midnight Sunday. So everything that's going on, in whether it be music, concessions, it's always running like a city would be running. Um, so, yes, I, I think there is that. It's a, it's a much different experience, and it's something you're committing to in a, in a major way versus, yeah, I'm just going to pop in for a couple hours. I'll see, you know, three or four acts. I'm going to go yeah. pop out and have dinner at this amazing restaurant and maybe go, you know, do something else, go to a museum, and then come back for, you know, another show. You're not. You're 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 committing. You're, you're like I'm, I'm moving in, and uh, and I'll I'll see you when it's when it's all said and done. So when you're looking at partnerships, um, if you got a really great offer for Big Ears, but you think it'd be a better fit for Bonnaroo, would you say that, or would you just try to get it for both, or just stick with? Um, you know, it, that's it's it's interesting you're bringing that up because I mean it, it is something that. It's the conversation we're having. Obviously, each brand has their own budget, and each brand has its own goals in terms of what we're trying to to, to accommodate. But that's where the trust comes into play, and and building that true partnership to say, hey, it's not going to work here. Like, it, maybe it's not going to work budgetarily. I mean, what we need, you know, the, the the to be integrated into Bonnaroo, that's different than it is to be integrated into Forecastle or Biggers, one of our other events, and you know. I want a Ferrari, but can't afford a Ferrari. You know, that's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So what can you do and, and what can make a better fit? And sometimes you look at that graduation and saying that you've got this this year as part of your budget and being able to do this. So let's focus it and provide maybe more more intimate experience here. Mm-hmm. We like what we do. We can always graduate. You know, we can always go up. We can always scale down and those types of things. But it, it goes back to establishing that trust and, and understanding what they're trying to accomplish and how we can help accomplish that through through our festivals. 
So if they really wanted to, though, could they be a partner uh, for all? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's definite partnerships we have out there that, um, you know, we have. There, there are multiple festival partnerships, uh, and I think you know, it's one of the things that you know Live Nation brings to the table as well is they've got even more, uh, you know, festivals you know in their full portfolio. So they they can bring something to the table that's hitting you know all all U.S. festivals, all international festivals, all U.S. and international festivals. So those deals are in place. Just make sure, again, it's it's got to be the right fit. It can't just mm-hmm. be, yeah, because you're X brand, we're going to roll you out across the board because what works at Bonnaroo doesn't necessarily work at Forecastle. What works at Forecastle doesn't necessarily work at Big Ears. What Big Ears doesn't necessarily work at something else um, and having that understanding. Because they're all different audiences for the most part. I mean, they're music fans, but they're still can be different audiences. What is different about 2016 Bonnaroo from last year's? Flushable toilets. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah we got and infrastructure. And also artists, like what, yeah. what, what uh, and all that. <clears throat> I mean, the artists, no matter what, we're going to deliver an amazing lineup. And, mm. and, I, and top down this year, it's, I say every year is the best lineup. It, it's, it is. It's, it's great. Uh, I think what is more exciting about Bonnaroo than, than a lot of the other stuff we do is, I don't want to say the undercard, but the um, discovery because you'll see things on the lineup that you're like, I don't even know what that is. I mean, <laughs> even me, I'm like, where did you guys find this booking team? Um, and you start listening to it, and it just kind of gets you excited about what you're about to experience and the environment you're going to experience it in, which is you know a big play in terms of that overall, uh, you know how you're enjoying your, your festival moments. Um, but yeah, I'd say for me, it's it's I don't say the undercard, but the discovery side of it and seeing you know I, I remember seeing. Milford and Sons in, in a tent. I remember seeing, you know, My Morning Jacket when they, you know, were, you know, much smaller before they hit the main stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and watching that evolution of some of those artists and, and kind of like, I saw them here in this environment and now they're here uh, is great. I think that's kind of a little bit of the fun part is like, who's going to break out? You know, who, yeah. who is going to be that next major act that people are going crazy over? Um, and then, you know, other times you listen to CDs without seeing something live, and you're like, I'm not into that. And then you see the live show, and you're like, oh, my God, I, you know, what have I been missing here? Uh, and then you go back to that CD or, or, or the recorded piece, and you hear it in a completely different way. Uh, I think I, I was listening to someone say that really all the CD is, or the recorded music is for them is just so they can remember the Opera door, the times they've seen them live, and how that how that kind of translates. I just want to ask about the stage names because it's not like you have like oh the fancy name stage, it's that stage, which stage? So like, how did that come about? Um, I, I think that it kind of it goes back to our character and and the goofiness, and you know, going back to who's on first. If you've ever heard <laughs> that, that that old bit, um, and it, you know, it's just something we thought would be fun, and um, you know, fans would. You know, where are you? Um, what? What? Where? When? <laughs> yeah. This? That? The other? Um, and you just kind of hear it, and it's it's a good time. And you, you watch people as you're walking through the grounds. No, I think it's at this. No, it's at that. It's the other. Uh, and it's it's just it's it's comical, and I, it, I think it's just a testament to the personality of, of of a group that you know put this thing together. That you know we want to have fun, and yeah. and it's fun. Uh, it's, it's definitely a lot better than having, I, I think, other. <laughs> other kind, other kinds of names, or maybe even partners attached to to our stages, uh, it doesn't make sense there. I mean, same thing with forecast. We've got our, you know, it's it's a nautically themed festival, um, and uh, we stick with you know, the boom, mast, port, um, to yeah. kind of keep with that mm-hmm. the soul of the event. 
Because I know um, it was a point last night that everybody was trying to make that you don't want to plaster the brand's logo everywhere. You want to make an experience. And I know you used the example of the Garnier Fruité. Garnier mm-hmm. Fruité. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a shampoo I yeah. use. That's yeah. really sad that I can't even pronounce yeah. it. So what are other examples of that? Um, I mean, it can go down to, you know, I think I may have brought up the, the, the Bourbon Lodge that we do for, for Forecastle. And, you know, you kind of look at that as, as it, bourbon's become pretty hot over the past few years. Um, and for us, it was capitalizing on something that was, was local. You know, I mean, it was something that Kentuckians had, had a lot of pride in uh, as, you know, as a major export for them. Um, and I think originally when that festival first started, it was, everyone knows about bourbon. Like, like why? Why focus? And it's like, why not, why not focus on it? Mm-hmm. You know, we need to, to highlight it. We call it our fourth headliner for that event. But it, you're giving the opportunity for those brands to connect with people <laughs> in an environment that, that completely makes sense. Um, you know, associate a lot, you know, alcohol consumption happens at, at music festivals, yeah. and this gives them an opportunity to do things. Uh, we've done some other fun stuff. You know, uh, you know, Bonnaroo, there's, there's some State Farm campaigns that have happened where, you know, they're actually helping people, uh, you know, helping jumps, new keys for cars, you know, tires for Bonnaroo or tires for your car for so you can get home. I, I think things like that. Um, and then, you know, sometimes it isn't – maybe it's just the fun aspect of it. We did something at, at – at, um, Forecastle again, uh, where we do ra- uh, horse races, uh, you know, tying back to the Kentucky Derby, and they're on these okay. in, like inflatable horses going <laughs> 30 feet, and it's just fun. It's, I mean, it's, it's something fun to do that, that, that you know provides a little extra flair. It's a you know a call out to you know one of the most famous sporting events in in, in the world, um, and you you know you put a spotlight on it and you, and you have some you have some fun. Um, I mean, there's so many so many great examples of things that we've we've been able to do and accomplish out there. It's um, <laughs> kind of hard to remember all of them. So is that something um, the partnership side would come up with or your side or is it like a combination of both? Uh, well, with, with specifically within AC, it, it's my whole team works mm-hmm. together because for the most part, it's going to touch every silo that I have. So from our, our partnerships division, which is essentially sales, mm-hmm. to our activations team. Um, and then our, what we call our event engagements team. So our event engagement teams, they're thinking about things that, you know, could potentially generate revenue or could be sponsorable items um, that, you know, hey, we, we want to create this experience. Let's potentially find a brand that, that we think maybe this would resonate with in some form or fashion where it's just a natural, natural connection. Um, so we're constantly coming up with ideas and thinking of things that, you know, who could we go after? I mean, I, I think the, the horse race was a primary example of that. I mean, that was one of those that were like, this would be a lot of fun. How could we do this? Who would be, who makes sense uh, to, to, to kind of be a part of this? Um, you know, Garnier is probably more the other way where it's more collaborative with them saying, um, you know, this is what you do. This is what we need. Oh, wow. Wait, I think we have something here. Let's, you know, put together a salon because having your hair washed uh, <laughs> is is amazing. Well, especially um, at a, like a, a camping music festival. A camping event. Yeah, you know, feeling getting, clean gets you, uh, yeah. buys you a couple more days of, um, <laughs> of, uh, of energy. And that was one of the problems with the festival. Uh, forget which one last summer in the uh, southeast um, in which um, they didn't plan very well, and it rained like crazy, and people couldn't get out, and they had like three-hour uh, walks. Which one was that? Uh, uh, it's not Lock-In. It was um, it tomor- tomorrow. Tomorrow. Might have been Tomorrowland. It, tomorrow it was land, a real, world, yeah. real mess. Where yeah. it just. Uh, so I remember people were getting like stuck in the mud. Yeah, yeah. They, they couldn't, couldn't drive out. out. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That was no and, and, that, and that's the stuff from that you guys need to think about Always. and plan ahead for. Always. Yeah, and, and how can you keep that stuff from happening? And understand mm-hmm. that's understanding your property and, and drainage and how that stuff goes. We've I mean we've we've had those issues at Bonnaroo before. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, now RVs park in a different in a different area and we make it because they're so much heavier uh, than a than a typical car and we don't want them to get stuck should we get rain at one point in time. And again you can't yeah. just pave everything over. It, exactly. You know, you, yep. You, so again it goes to the yeah, it's not as e- the solution is not as easy as you would think. No, uh, for specifically Bronzer, we we print, planted, planted uh, a different type of grass. So within mm-hmm. Centeru, where the majority of the foot traffic is happening, you want a more resilient grass that is tighter woven that has the ability to to pop back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, with irrigation, that's another part of having water on site. We'll now be able to irrigate uh, that we weren't beforehand, um, and and that's just kind of taking care of your property um, because when you don't have that stuff kind of happening dust and things like that are, are out there that there's elements that can you know make your experience not fun so yeah it's 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 all part of the thinking it's things that people don't really you know it's not why you're attending a festival by any means but it makes your experience better and we're, we're almost it's kind of one of those things that we almost don't want you to think about it we just want you to walk away like that was amazing if that was amazing then you know, we did our job in, in that sense. What we don't want to hear is, I hate portalettes. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I want this or I want that. I can't believe, you know, I'm, I'm doing this type of thing again. Um, and so how can we take those things away? It's worth the point that I didn't, I didn't recognize. It's just carpet course. So um, this might be a little weird, but I was just <coughs> thinking because I know um, you said you were going to have the actual toilets and showers now. So are there going to be times of the day that, that those are going to be closed so you can clean them? I mean, yeah, they'll, they'll need to be serviced. I mean, it's just like our portalettes, even when we're emptying okay. those, there's, you know, at times where they, they need to be serviced. Um, but, you know, we're trying to keep up with them uh, the best you know, best way we can. Do people, like, get angry, though, when they're closed? Uh, this will be our first time with having bathrooms oh, okay. on site, so we'll uh, What's we'll like see. a rest stop? You go to, yeah. like, on the Jersey uh, yeah. Turnpike of the Parkway, and you want to go to the bathroom, and you can't go in for yeah. five minutes because somebody's, you know, mopping yeah. it up. So. I was just thinking that because I could see some, like, girl such as myself is very high maintenance like i need to wash my hair and i need to wash it now like right. i could totally see yeah. that blowing up on but that's again water. another thing that people aren't thinking about oh, yeah. is okay so you do have porta johns portalettes mm-hmm. you call them yep. um Port-a-lets. how many do you need you know per oh, yeah. capita how many do you need you know where do you strategically place them how many in each space Correct. how often do they need to be cleaned out and and all that stuff oh, all that's so that's, much that's all in the mix the minutiae mm-hmm. that people don't think about you know, especially if, uh, let's say I wanted to create my own festival in New Jersey, even just a small one-day type thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about security and water and oh, yeah. toilets and, and all that, and, and irrigation and parking and oh, yeah. getting out of the parking spot. So yep. um, we need to wrap it up at this point. Okay. You've been awesome, by the way, Marla. You've been awesome, I've by been the way. horrible, but you've been awesome. <laughs> She's been asking some really great questions. Good. Yeah. Uh, thanks, yeah. Phil. Notice how Jeff has not said, yeah, she did ask some great questions. She has so. phenomenal questions. There we go. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Yes, Marla. Okay, so one last question, I guess. Very last question. Um, I just thought of this. So do you guys have a team during the festival that is watching all social media about the event? Yes. Cool. So, like, what is, are they looking for something specific? Uh, or are they ways to help. You know, I mean, it's, you know, we've learned this day and age that, that 
the kids are, or that's that's we're going to be on blast. Oh yeah. So wrong yeah, on that's that's what's that's really going to happen. So yeah, we're constantly trying to you know see what's happening out there. How can we fix it? You know what's real, what's not, um, and and making sure that we're sharing to the world you know what's going on at our event because I mean it's it's a marketing tool for us. You know we we want the the fear of missing out, and if you missed out, you know we want to show you that you missed out. So hopefully you won't miss out again next year, um, and, and yeah, and, and come back. So but yes, yeah, we have a team that, that's constantly monitoring that stuff. Um, and, and trying to help people the best way that we can through through those channels. In a, in a class I teach, we talk a lot about festivals, you know, for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks about all the stuff that we're talking about. And there's a great video from CNN from three or four or five years ago. They go to Tomorrowland in uh, overseas. Belgium. Yeah, Belgium. And um, they go into the back security room, and there, there's a security guy talking, and you see all these uh, screens mm-hmm. of what yeah. they're doing. Uh, in terms of so they can see what's going on from a safety perspective but then they also talk about the social media and they're looking for hashtags they're looking for everything so if somebody goes hey I can get and it was a negative thing if I can get drugs here or something they're going to send their security That's people right. over and the there the police tweeted back to yeah, them yeah police tweeted right back to them and said no you're not going to get your drugs there you're not going to get any drugs at all at this festival you know and then they would find the guy you know right. so looking for that kind of thing as well which is still a safety yes effort yeah. you know it's, it's back trying to, to be preemptive yeah yeah I think some festivals get negative notch for that, but I'll go back to it's a city. And, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot. You take any city of, of any size for any event. And, you know, when you put people there, they, they don't make smart choices sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we just try to make sure that we're helping and, and making sure that, that they are making smart, you know, trying mm-hmm. to help them make smart choices um, in order to, to really enjoy the event. I think Marla Cassetti made a smart, smart choice in asking you to appear on Music Biz 101 and more. Marla, thank you very much. I'm going to put this down. Marla, Marla Cassetti. Thank you. Very much. Jackie. Jeff Cuellar. Jeff Cuellar here of AC Entertainment in Bonnaroo. So thank you so much, Jeff, for appearing on the show. Thank you so much. Very well. We had a great time. And for those of you listening, Marla did a great job. And please be sure to send her flowers and plenty of shampoo. And Jeff uh, is also going to give out... uh, 2,000 free tickets to Bonnaroo. <laughs> so just uh, tweet him at any point. And uh, what's your home phone so that they can uh, follow up on that? Uh, you, you're here to look, to look in the notes. <laughs> in the show notes, yeah. we'll have Jeff's uh, home phone number. So thanks so much for listening. And at the end of every show, we do not say hello. We always say goodbye. But we do not say goodbye in English because we're better than that. So we always say, Adios!